There's an overwhelming amount of financial advice in the news and on social media. Who do you listen to? Are they looking out for what's best for you? How do you tune out the noise? In this podcast, trusted advisors Emily Augusto, CPA, and Amanda Vaught, JD, bring their extensive education and experience to delve into all aspects of personal finance. Emily and Amanda make topics like investing, taxes, and financial planning interesting and accessible. And they provide a framework to help you think through the plethora of financial advice and news out there. Are you ready to start making the best personal financial decisions for you? Welcome to Connecting the Dollars with Propel Financial Advisors. Hello, Amanda. Hey, Emily. Good to see you again. Good to see you too. Today, we are joined by David Vaught, who has been on a few of our podcasts previously. He is a co-owner of Propel, along with Amanda and I, and he's a CFA, which is a chartered financial analyst. Um, It's a very high designation in the financial industry. So he always has great insight for us when it comes to investing and the economy in general. And speaking of that, today we are going to focus um, again on like a kind of a current economic update, um, different factors. You're probably hearing a lot about the debt ceiling in the news right now. Um, so yeah, this is, I think, going to be a really good discussion. But in terms of investments, I think I'm going to throw it to Amanda first to talk about money markets and um, kind of like the more liquid money like your cash your emergency savings yeah yeah i think um we've been hearing from a lot of just people in general but also from our clients that they're very excited about money markets and the rates that money markets are paying and um it is exciting i mean i just googled the average is a little more than three percent but a lot of money markets you can get much higher for between four and five percent and this is a great compared to just a year ago when they were paying pretty much nothing mm-hmm. and banks were you know waiving their expense ratios in order to give some payout in their money markets um so it's a much different situation and 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 it is a good rate and it is a good rate for your um funds that you should keep in cash but um, this is where when we talk about um, financial planning is great, um, long-term needs, you know, this money market is not going to be great for those long-term goals because, or one of the reasons is that just like a year ago, the money market rate was almost zero. We don't know what the money market rate is going to be a year from now. Um, and so you have a trade-off between trying to capture this good rate versus trying to lock in a rate for a, a longer period of time for those longer-term financial mm-hmm. goals. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's a little bit of risk there. Any other risks, David, you see with money markets or things or um, investments for kind of the short term and what's going on with the current economy? Well, that, that risk that Amanda just uh, pointed out in the investment community is called reinvestment risk. And that is when that rate drops in the money market or you no longer can get that that rate, uh, what are you able to reinvest at? There's a risk to that. That risk is in the bond market today too, because actually you can buy short-term bonds one in the one to two year area 
for more than 3% today, but the longer term bonds are less than that because we have an inverted yield curve. So this sort of makes it topsy-turvy. It's been, and add that to the distractions of the, you know, the political circus over the debt ceiling and the uncertainty over recession and the end of inflation. There's some people that are saying, I'm just gonna put my money liquid and in, in, in wait and see. Um, we think that's a little short-sighted, but if it helps you sleep at night, you know, that's what a lot of people are going to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just before we started recording, we were taking a look at the inflows into money market accounts um, over the past couple of years. And something interesting that we saw, like the last time there was a lot of inflows coming into market money market accounts was in 2007, 2008. So what do you think is similar? I mean, we can we kind of know what's similar in terms of the um you know, potential recession upcoming that people keep talking about. But what's your take on why those inflows are so extreme? Well, they they started a couple of years ago. This is not something that just started in the last two or three months, even though the rate of increase year to date is very high. Um, and so the curve, when you look at the curve of total deposits and money market funds, it, it looks a bit similar to what happened in 2008, 2009 going into that recession. What looks different already is the money is staying parked in the money market funds longer. In 2008, 2009, it was more in anticipation from 2007 and, and eight. And then as people uh, you know, realized, well, this is a recession, it's gonna end. They began to slowly pull that money out of money market funds. And so, you know, you had a, a essentially kind of a mountain graph where the mountain went up and it came back down. Uh, this time the mountain has gone up and it looks like it might be going higher. That's different. Um, so uh, I, that's what strikes me as different about it. Okay. Yeah, there's certainly some uncertainty at the moment. Um, Amanda, you were talking about Janet Yellen and the Fed earlier. What What are their thoughts on um, money market in, investments right now? Well, I... Um... Jen Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, she recently said that she had some, I hate to paraphrase her, but she had some concerns about money markets and um, uh, money market accounts are subject to runs just like banks are. Um, and the way money markets, a lot of people think of them as the equivalent of cash, but they technically are not. They're technically an investment product. Um, and an investment product does not carry um, the same insurance coverage like you did in, you would have in cash, like FDIC insurance. Right. Um, and so generally money markets are safe and a safe place to put your money, but there's, there's a little bit more of a risk there than you are getting um, at the bank. Um, right. So it's just something we were telling our clients that, yes, it's great to take advantage of these great rates, but you also wanna diversify your cash. So if you are have a, a cash, you don't wanna put it 100% into money market funds because there is an outside risk that there could be a run on these funds. And I think the larger those um, money market inflows are getting, I think they're up, they, I just read it was more than $600 billion flowing in this year mm -hmm. so far. Um, the bigger they get, I figure the bigger the risk is there could be a potential run on them. 
Right. I think I think there's a third risk. I mean, I would throw mm-hmm. in talk about the reinvestment risk. Yeah. You know, are, are you going to be able to to hold hold that rate when you reinvest as the market changes? And you just talked about the the, the safety risk, the possibility of runs in some, probably not all, but some money market funds. And the other one is I would call it a distraction risk. Be careful, don't be distracted by current events, whether they're potential treasury defaults or recessions or whatever from your long-term investment plan. Um, And bonds still make a lot of sense here because the traditional flight to safety is not in money market funds, it's in treasury securities. You know, there's a cloud over that now because of this question of this fear of uh, treasury default. But, you know, as that is cleared up, and I think it will be here in a few weeks, if not sooner, then you probably need to be looking to the bond market, whether it's treasury bonds or corporate bonds or or, or state and municipal bonds, um, you know, as, as the kind of investment you use to handle your objectives in the near term, the next three or four or five years. Um, and, you, you know, you don't want to be taking your child's college fund uh, who's just graduating high school and put it all in the stocks and they're going to be in college for four years. You probably want some bonds in that four years. That's a traditional use of bonds that are related to your objectives. And then longer term, you want to be looking at your longer term objectives and and how are you going to be positioned for the recovery whenever it comes? And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, if that may be longer than five years, you know, before you really get the, the benefit of that. But if you have that longer term horizon don't be distracted from that by all this fear and uh, and concern that's going on today. Yeah, I would call that the importance of long-term optimism um, yeah. in, in it. But um, I was reading in the Wall Street Journal recently, they had us published a study on a psychological study and they found that people who were more neurotic had a less chance of investing in the stock market. And the psychologists thought because they were too focused on this pessimistic view or fear or however you wanna phrase it. And they had um, worse uh, financial outcomes because of this feeling. And their takeaway was advisors should encourage their clients to be more optimistic. So, um, I like, you know, <laughs> to the extent we can encourage people to be more optimistic. Uh, Jeremy, Jeremy, that's, why Jer- that's why Jeremy so. Siegel called his book Stocks for the Long Run. You right. know, and it's why Warren Buffett says in what he's done at Berkshire Hathaway and what he advises people today to do, don't lose, don't lose, don't lose faith in the American uh, economy. Uh, it's been strong for, for you know, a long time now, yeah. measured in, 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 uh, in centuries and certainly lots of decades and don't lose faith in that because that's the long-term picture that doesn't mean you don't want to make sure you have liquidity that you may need that's that's the main purpose mm-hmm. of bank deposits and uh, money market funds is providing the liquidity you need in the short term for your emergency fund or other immediate purposes Th- those are the legitimate part of it that aren't just driven by fear they're driven by planning right yeah those are those are really great points um, so we've kind of moved on a little bit. We've talked about a little bit more of the um, general economic conditions throughout this talk about bonds and liquidity and um, money market funds. But what are some other current economic conditions that you want to talk about or just touch on, um, you know, just to 
inform our listeners about other things that are affecting the stock market right now and the ones that you should pay attention to, the ones we kind of can just be like, oh, we don't really know yet, or some that are maybe just more on the gloom and doom side. Either one. Well, I, I think you got to watch that inflation rate. It's in the news over and over and over. And it is a bit scary. It's higher than it's been for a long time. And it's coming down slowly. The Fed says it wants to get it down to 2%. Um, but the old phrase is the Fed is going to raise interest rates and tighten the economy until it starts to break. And we've already seen an indication in some bank failures where in the financial system, uh, uh, at least, there are some cracks. I wouldn't call them breaks. I would call them cracks because they're not really widespread uh, yet, and hopefully they won't be. Um, the other thing to watch is the labor market. Um, you know, the old idea is when the Fed raises rates and tightens the economy, that hurts the labor market. It means people get laid off. It means there's unemployment. It means it's harder to find a job. So those two conditions are the ones to watch if you want to just pay attention to the big picture of the economy. Is inflation coming down? Is the Fed's tightening working to achieve that objective? And 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 to what extent is it having a negative effect or an overly negative effect uh, on the labor market? Because if people are laid off, not finding jobs, they're not going to spend as much money, and you're going to affect the economy and corporate profits and everything else uh, just based on those two things. Uh, the problem with both of those is they're both uncertain. We don't know what's going to happen, and so that's why I like you know, the idea that you isolate your objectives into the short to middle term, you know, the, the next few years in the bond market and the safe part of the bond market. And then that you look for the recovery whenever it comes and uh, how the stock market and the economy is going to recover. You need to be invested in that because once it takes off, it can very often in what they call a relief rally, take off like a rocket. And if you weren't already positioned for it, you kind of miss the first big part of the boom. So I think, I think that's what people need to be kind of paying attention to as they work on their long-term plans and meeting their objectives. Okay. So is this whole debt ceiling talk, should we be worried about this or do we think that's kind of something else that'll work itself out? Yeah. I mean, the, the other great phrase I like in terms of watching the stock market is it often climbs the wall of worry. The stock market anticipates and worries about the future that's going on every day in the stock market. And that's actually a healthy sign. It's it's not driven simply by uh, uh, what, what was called back in the before the dot-com bubble, irrational exuberance. I think one of the Fed chairs coined that phrase. If it If the stock market is in irrational exuberance, and running prices up too much, you know, it's 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 uh, going to come home to roost. But if it's climbing the wall of worry, which is what it's going to have to do now, uh, take that not as a reason to to fear gloom and doom, but a reason to know that the market is 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 filtering things out. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I would just I would just like to add to that that I think a lot of the either it's the debt ceiling. It's what the Fed's going to do. Um, it's inflation. A lot of these are forces totally outside of our control. We yeah. have no say in them in general. And, and and things like this, we just focus on what we can control, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, prepare in case there's a recession, make sure your emergency savings account is in order in case you are 
do get laid off. Um, personally, I'm hearing of a few people in my social circle and who are starting to experience layoffs. It's I'm starting to feel it. You know, it's like there's the economy and then there's a personal economy. You know, it doesn't affect you until it affects you personally, really. Um, so just, you know, be prepared, you know, have a plan B, you know, all that good stuff that we need to take care of. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, and we're getting towards the end here. Um, so any other points you wanted to make that we haven't touched on either about investing for the current situation, the current economy, or any other factors or conditions that we should consider? Or otherwise, feel free to just. Uh, I just I just want to follow up on our prior episode where we showed you um, with your dill plants, Emily. So I just wanted oh. to hear how they were doing. Um, <laughs> oh, well, unfortunately, most of them died. Um, oh, OK. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It's yeah. unfortunate because I've bought them as early as, you know, April 1st and they've been fine in this time. Yeah, yeah. they did. Um, yeah, I think that's the kind of stuff you want to start thinking about in spring into summer is how's my garden doing? Yeah. You know, when can I get outside again? When can I see friends and family I haven't seen? So um, that's what I plan on focusing on. Yeah, that sounds good. I'm going to focus on that kind of stuff too. I'm getting a vacation in. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you to David for joining us today and for that commentary and we'll see you all next time yeah good to see you guys even if it's just on zoom <laughs> all right okay well we'll talk to you later bye 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 that will do it for this episode of connecting the dollars nothing discussed in this episode should be considered legal financial or tax advice if you like what you heard Please subscribe for more at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your content. When you do, please give us a rating and a review. To see the links we mentioned in our show, along with other great Propel Financial Advisors content, go to ConnectingTheDollars.com. You can find our past episodes there and subscribe to our newsletter. And if you're still here because you have a general question, you can email us directly at info at ConnectingTheDollars.com. Or, if you're interested in working with us, click the Schedule a Consultation button on our website. Thank you for listening.